0: Welcome to the art show by teapodcast with your host milo hg waters my guest is alex pemberton aka elta avalon check out the description for links to our social media and to the creative arts gallery in burnley but now sit back pop the kettle on and enjoy the conversation Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Elta Avalon, resident queen of the Creative Arts Gallery in Burnley. It is a pleasure to have you. Please tell
1: us what is in your teapot. Hello Vermont. What is in my teapot you ask? A genuine slim tonic because I'm watching my figure. Oh, I see indeed. Watching it grow and balloon in this lockdown.
0: <laughs> well, aren't we all? And uh, and Christmas doesn't help either, does it? No.
1: <laughs> we just talk about it in happy voices like a Mel Brooks film to make it seem not so bad. <laughs> that sounds like the right tactic.
0: <laughs> um. So, yeah, how are you doing? Welcome to the show.
1: I'm good, I'm good. I'm just sitting at my new... I've just moved into my own home, chilling in my new oh. studio. This is my first um, machination in here, so oh, all right. our audience are getting... The first what, audible glimpse into my cave.
0: <laughs> right, I see. Is it a bit of a cave at the moment, or, or are you fully moved in?
1: Well, I have this habit of like draping sheets everywhere to separate rooms up. And I ha- okay. I've got one of those houses with a high roof. So I've cornered it a bit off, put my desk in the corner, sawed it perfectly because I'm a handy queen, mm. and then nailed some sheets into the roof. And I have my own booths now, my own makeup spell i've got loads of spell books i've got my crown Ooh, well, it's pretty very glamorous. if i do this on myself <laughs> <laughs> very cool okay so
0: um i understand uh well you're the resident queen of the uh the creative arts gallery so uh why't you why don't you tell us a bit about that and uh and kind of what you're working on at the moment
1: Ooh, where to start um the gallery is a big thing to tackle so do we want to get into that now or do we want to
0: Doyle, so, why don't why don't you introduce uh, yourself a bit first and tell us kind of how <laughs> you how you sort of came to the gallery, and then we'll go into into stuff about that.
1: Okay, so my name is Alexander Pemberton. And I was born in Burnley. I'm 23 years old. Um, I've completed my education. Just if anyone want, if anyone's interested, they like a smart boy out there. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> um, I am also known by my stage persona, which is Elta Avalon. Previously Eltarial Avalon, but I'm going through a third generation in my creative process, which sounds very, very pretentious. <laughs> but um, it's it's how my brain works. Um yeah. so Elta is this combination of this character I'd created and myself, so I can feel a lot more comfortable because I I'm so guilty of going out there with a safe Lady Gaga.
0: Nah. <laughs> Let's me- see. So so is this uh so you say this El Avalon is is the third generation of uh of of the character kind of thing. Could you could you tell us a bit about kind of how you how you got to that third generation? Like is there any influences from previous personas in there or? Well, the the character
1: of Alcaril is at its base um half my desire to be in the universe of Tolkien.
0: <clears throat> okay.
1: And um making trash out of treasure alaska thunderfuck she's a really big drag queen over in the states um Mm. absolute genius and she's her one of her taglines is turn trash to treasure and Mm. the idea is to take what is um, sensitive or rough and turn it into your strength Mm. um can you tell me what the base of this question was i do have a tendency (laughs) to
0: That's yeah, that's fine. Um, I was just wondering because you said, um Elta oh, my I'm back." Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, so one of the things I struggle with, I have Asperger's, and sometimes I feel a bit lonely because people don't understand what I mean a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes, by my perception, assume it's me being this. I'm made wrong, especially when I was younger and I was a bit lonely. Right. And everyone's okay. talking about birthday parties around you, and you're just like. <laughs>
0: why birthday parties specifically or
1: well it's like the childhood trope like in it um
0: ah uh, yeah i see will anybody come to my birthday party that kind of thing
1: yeah i had that when i was 21 and it was still a bit of a oh. yikes <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, with... well if it's any consolation i think a lot of people have had lonely birthday parties this year
1: oh, geez, i know i certainly yeah. did <laughs> yeah it was been uh I, well i had one of the best birthdays i have um my friend from the gallery Natalie who's in my social but in my work bubble mm. and um, we still have our meetings and spending time with her is the best So, and I spent my birthday with her. So and that's the best birthday I've literally all my life. Twenty three. But uh Aww. it was summer.
0: <laughs> yeah, in it. Um so yeah, sorry, go uh going back to Elta. um yeah, you were yeah. you were kind of taking it back to um to how this kind of emerged from your childhood and and... yeah it's the
1: Asperger's so I was like right um when I was little I'd um, justify this so it wouldn't seem as bad so instead of me being um the poor unfortunate soul I'd create Mm. this alternate reality around me where I was this magic creature I had these powers and I couldn't show anyone um because it would blow their minds um and I had a mission I didn't know what it was it changed day to day depending on what I decided (laughs) And I was in disguise, basically. So I I justified being weird and strange by this. And it was sort of my burden to be alone because I had all this power.
0: Mm.
1: And it's halfway still instilled in me now as an adult, which is curiously interesting. Mm. Uh, But that's what Elter is because... And I relate it to Mm. Tolkien because the elves look so much like the humans, but so different beneath the skin. So complex and different and you couldn't even imagine what's there. And uh, maybe that's um, also a bit um pretentious. But uh, yeah, that's what I compare no, it, it to.
0: Yeah, I, I, I see that actually. Like, yeah, you, you kind of you you created this uh Connection. you know this idea of your your kind of hidden hidden power to you know to kind of help you Help you understand your Asperges and stuff like that, and yeah, I see the comparison with the with the elves because you you know when you see them in the films or you read them in the books, uh, they you know you never quite you never get the sense they're kind of giving everything away. They're always holding something back, you and never they
1: have to out. them. You never like you you're always hoping they win, but you're never like cheering for them. Legolas, you cheer mm-hmm. for because you can't not. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah. They're not, human. but yeah,
0: no, yeah, I can, I can see how you kind of, yeah, how you got to that kind of Elvishy character from that. Uh, oh, sorry, I just said Elvish. I? that's a bit of a Tolkien sin. Elv- Elven? Elven? Elvin, whatever he says. Um, Don't
1: miss race, mate. Jesus Christ, not in twenty twenty one.
0: Oh, I know. I need to. I need to get my my Get, woke. get woke. Yeah, I need to get Tolkien woke. <laughs> whatever the Middle Earth equivalent is. Oh. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting actually. And it's uh yeah, it's cool to see that kind of that very personal base and how it how you, you kind of took took it into the character that way. So it's did to that keep kind you of
1: interested. Yeah. It's so... too
0: oh sorry. <laughs> oh well, I was I was just gonna ask sort of um how how Eltaria Eltariel um kind of has has changed through through her generations, how she's kind of changed with you, grown with you uh, if that's the case, or, or has she stayed quite quite the
1: same? So, altarial is the culmination of where I start all of my practice work. I started five years ago now. I've pinned it down. That okay. is when I first started experimenting with drag and putting a wig on and putting makeup on. <clears throat> um, and that was because I was moving in theatre circles, which is a bit of a cult sometimes. Um, yeah, it
0: is, isn't it? Yeah, it's
1: a bit weird. Um <laughs> And there was a a call out because someone wasn't turning up to rehearsals, darling. So one of the cast um, put out a Facebook thing saying, we need an angel, Dumas And in it was tagged the three gay guys who were in my theatre company. And um, the other two, I don't know what they said, but I went for it. I was like, I'll go on that. Because I'm always a person who will cha- chase a challenge or do something to open my mind. Because mm. you only grow and learn from experience and doing things that are scary, that are dangerous, or seem taboo or wrong. Um, not like going extreme, Jesus, let's keep it, some boundaries. But yeah, <laughs> I have a strive to adventure. So I was like, I'll go do it. And I was about 16, and it was terrifying. Because all the connotations of a man wearing woman's clothes, you always think, um, you know, you're going to be a target.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, go on.
0: Well, um, uh, so I was, I was just going to ask. So, um, did did it start with this? Um, I'm guessing was it a youth theatre or an independent company that kind of it, gave you that opportunity? Like, or
1: I feel really awful that I can't remember the name of the company because it was. <laughs> um, I only did one with them. and It was over in. A little twistle, but I've stayed in contact with everyone, almost everyone from the company. I've kept up with them because my social media has a bit of a blur whenever I have a bit of a, a head thing. But yeah. um, I've, I've kept up with everyone. It was Adam Calvert. He's a brilliant artist, brilliant guy, really smart, really uh, a man of the people as well. Um, he was directing it and he took me and he knew I was a bit rocky and a bit shaky. But I think he knew what I know about myself. He said, well, I will try my artist. And I will give everything I've got to give, and I've got something to give. But sometimes it gets lost on the way out, as all, yeah. all performers can probably attest to.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's true for all of us. You know, I think we all have something to something to contribute. But you know, in the way of that is, you know, all our doubts, all our fears, you know, that we that we impose on ourselves and we we get given by you know other people and society well, but it's like uh...
1: outlets isn't it it's like our mm-hmm. outlets are what we're trying to do to communicate to people we're trying to express something to people we're trying to get some out unless you unless you're doing something of the base fun you know yeah but even then me my mom knits the hell my mom knits the house down and she's proud as hell of all of us so and I'm proud of her so yeah
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's something that I have found doing this podcast, to be honest, it's like, I I think Uh I kind of part of me kind of knew this already. But what's what's kind of become clear just with, you know, all the different artists that I've uh, I've interviewed so far is all their work is is kind of this balance between something inside yourself that you need to express kind of just for your own personal benefit, but also wanting to wanting to convey something to other people um yeah it's, it's the yeah.
1: struggle it's the struggle of the artist so the problem is you have to do what you want to do <clears throat> mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to like it the, yeah. um but that doesn't matter what other people think of me is none of my business i'm happy mm. doing what i'm doing and thus i am the artist and am fulfilled but if somebody likes what you're doing and you like what you're doing you've hit the jackpot and that is when an artist becomes really successful. Um, and drag at the moment is seeing a lot of that. And I'm so, and it, oh, it's so rewarding to do mm. something that people enjoy, no matter yeah. who it is, no matter how small, no matter how big. So yeah. yeah, it drives me.
0: Yeah. And of course, drag has like, like you say, seen a massive boom in, uh, in recent years, I think. Um, Girl, we're all and- over the world oh yeah <laughs> so um yeah so just to just to take it back um uh-huh. so you kind of uh, your first experience was uh, was with this company um that you know there was somebody not turning up to rehearsals you filled the part and it was a drag part uh-huh. how like how, how did you go from that to uh you know to really kind of getting into it and uh, and performing in drag a lot more
1: so when i was doing that part that was when i first started ever discovering rupaul's drag race i watched willem's boy at the bottom when it was in dwv which was a drag girl band at the time big huh? big impact on the scene and mm-hmm. um then i discovered the actual show and i watched it and i binged it and as every drag race fan will tell you it, it sucks you in it really mm-hmm. you, once you're in you're stuck you're in and <laughs> um it was season seven that had just finished and it was before season eight that I was clamped to it and oh, all stars two, yeah around that time. And that coincided with when I was doing the first time I was with an angel. So I did it with that theater company, discovered drag race and kept all the makeup from that time that I'd acquired and okay. just kept experimenting and you know, like watching the show subconsciously going, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. But then yeah. looking at the, real reality around me saying i could not do that because i do not have those skills (laughs) um time goes by and then i keep doing it keep doing it people sort of know i do it i post it sometimes even though it's god awful
0: so yeah so so were you kind of performing independently at this point or or just oh hell no
1: hell no. no i was um i was looking for any opportunity but when where i live the area there is no opportunity and um well that isn't true that was what i thought ah okay unity is created you make your opportunity you go out and get it mm. um i just I, I never had i didn't believe in myself i didn't think i could do it i thought it was a joke i thought i was just copying off someone else and i was i was nowhere near ready to like put a foot out the door with it mm. Um, theater is a safe place to do it because it's what i've always known from a young so it's like my stronghold and i can do whatever in there so doing drag in there was like whatever I'll get the most eyes on me. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, My well, my only experience, I, don't, I, I feel um, not quite prepared to call it a drag performance because I, like, I just stuck a dress on. I don't feel like I really got into it, but uh, it was when I was doing high school musical for my school play when I was about 16. And they needed a female teacher for one part. Um, I just stuck a dress on for it, but I got yeah, the best line in the whole. I got the best laugh of the whole play, so I count it as a win. But um <laughs> but, but yeah, like I I know what you mean. That like theatre's kind of that, particularly well, for
1: young a Yeah, <laughs> how juvenile
0: yeah but i mean you know it's a it is a great place to to experiment isn't it i think it you know it is yeah definitely it's...
1: safe environment well safe you're safe from the world you are safe from no one in that environment they are mm. all out to get you <laughs> not, oh, yeah. Not, I'm. i'm not paranoid i'm not <laughs> no of course not no
0: <laughs> Nah. um Okay, so so yeah, so you start experimenting um, in your in your theatrical circles, and uh, yeah, you were just talk about to talk about the opportunities. around uh, me. Yeah.
1: yeah. So once I'm when as an artist, what I do is like I have to have everything around me. Like when I'm painting, I want all the paints out, even though I don't know what I'm painting. And then I get it, and then I and then I splash it about, and I come out with what I come out with. And mm. um, I always just go, oh, let's do that because I like doing that and then Mm. i'm chuffed after um so but with drag so i had the makeup so it was inevitable i was watching drag race i was hooked on that it's really addictive really great show um and i was doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and i took intervals took ages i was stretching my leg out to do a split because i really wanted to be Alyssa edwards um and then next thing that came up because i'd done this and i'd posted it online an opportunity to do angel again I'd graduated from my theatre school in Burnley, mm. um, and then I got an opportunity from the adult company up in Pendle, which was sort of the sister company, and okay. um, great times there. They offered. They said you're going to audition for Angel, so I went and auditioned for Angel. I did my best. I just, you know, I was. I'm not convinced that I am amazing. I'm not convinced um, that I'm terrible. Well,
0: that doesn't sound like uh, like any performer I know.
1: No, well, it's you've got you've got to regulate yourself. Like if I tell myself I'm amazing, I'll stop. I'll stop going. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> I'll stop moving. I'll stop shaking. Oh god, I've just messed up my, eye, my eyebrow. Um.
0: Oh, oh yeah, we should uh, we should say, shouldn't we? Actually, you're uh, you're doing your makeup right yeah, now.
1: I'm doing a look, and we're gonna post it on the day we post this to listen. Yeah, uh, it's a new oh, look yeah. I've been trying to do. And I'm hoping it just doesn't turn out the exact same as every other time, which tends to happen when I try and do something new.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the uh, you know, the whole the makeup and the wig, like you know, the whole the whole look, the aesthetic of of a drag queen is is really important to that character and that persona. Would you would you be able to tell us a little bit about that? How you kind of uh, how you found your look, how how that's
1: changed at all? Like, well, I looked. I planned out every facet of, when I was t- starting to take drag seriously, um, mm. I was going to go all out, so when I was at the building blocks of what to do, like name and who I am, hang on, I'm just oh, getting the eyebrow, uh, uh, yeah, get it, get it, get it, get it. yeah, um, when I was trying to, choosing my name, I put a lot of thought into that, when I was choosing what I was going to look like, I was like, right, right. Um, what's memorable is this an opportunity to make people remember is this an opportunity what do you like you've got to like what you're doing I love mint green um it's like color visual crack for me um Mm. I have so many mint green wigs and I have have, this beautiful mint green coat that I have on the sand it's gorgeous (laughs) so that's her hair color I decided my character and then style i said to myself that's going to come with time so i just have to go slowly accumulate a wardrobe buy this this i like this and things that can complement each other things that all go in the same sort of color set and what i've got now is quite the it's quite a lovely lush wardrobe i've spent too much money on it but it's one of my prize it's my prized possession
0: yeah well, yeah, and it's yeah, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with spending a lot of money on it because it's you know it's kind of essential to to your work to your
1: art, well, Yeah, yeah, could have moved out a lot faster though
0: <laughs> well yeah that's that's always the problem isn't it, where it comes to move the wardrobe,
1: yeah, we have to get off Amazon and get on to long's company,
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, could you tell us then sort of how you came to uh to the creative arts gallery and uh And, yeah, kind of what that is, how it came about, how you got involved in it.
1: So I do the Pendle gig for Angel again. I do Rent Mm -hmm. again. And then with the same director, I go to do another one in Rochdale because, oddly enough, someone's not turning up to rehearsal. Ah, okay. Again, Again. And I think some of these queens are scared to do it full out. I think they talk the talk, but when they walk the walk, they're a bit intimidated by letting it all out. Hmm. Because why would you not turn up to rehearsals for it in Children's unless you're just, you know, not a woman anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I did it there. And then I decided, right, I love this so much. I'm going to take this seriously. I'm matured. I've got an income. I've got a sense, a sort of sense of the world. And I've got a, a vision and I've got something to contribute. So I'm going to do it. And that's when El was made. And then the gallery. Oof, see, the gallery is a massive. The gallery needs to come later. What's there's so much juicy bits in between. There's a okay. journey to follow, honey.
0: Oh right, okay. Well, uh, we'll we'll take us on this journey then.
1: Like... So we do. We say we're going to do drag properly. The first thing I do is I look to Canal Street. Um, how mm. explicit can I be on this podcast?
0: As explicit as you like, my dear.
1: Okay, so once when I was work, I used to work in a pub, and I thought. I want to be a drag queen then so but you need money honey Um, Mm. and I don't have any money honey working there so I went to Manchester to apply for Big Brother for the sole reason of um I know I can sit down and say things and be funny and it'll get if I win I get money and then I can be a drag queen okay yeah it was just like a shot in the dark it wasn't a big career thing I was like I'll do it And I gave it a, a good go, and I went, and they make, I can't say a lot because I think they've got a contract on me. Um, um, we, there was some, it was an eventful day, and at the end I was bored and I didn't get it. And I went to Canal Street to go get my bus, and there was a load of men in harnesses with hairy chests. And, oh, just my weakness. My pure kryptonite is um, a, a well-framed, mature man in leather it's just the it's it's the bee's knees as <laughs> one's grandparent would say uh, old chap and oh, wow. i was like oh, i'm in a bad mood so i'm gonna go experiment so i went to this club called the eagle and it's where manchester's kink com um kink community sort of gathers the gay kink community That's and it's all like a set of tribes in the gay community it's very territorial it's very its own inner working Mm. but the kink club is for those who don't give one um who are the nicest the most um stick together because in that environment where everyone's naked and vulnerable nobody wants to feel uncomfortable so the minute someone steps out of line they're pounced i remember one time some guy was coming and touching on me when i didn't want it and people saw i was being polite saying no and by the third time i was ready to whoop him And they Mm. came in, my friends, tall guys, big guys, and I sat back with my drink going, I could get used to this, bodyguards. (laughs) ah."
0: Yeah. Oh, very cool. Best place. Yeah.
1: So that's why I went to Manchester, because I knew about Mm. the drag scene from the kink community.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I went to college next to Canal Street, so I kind of like, I got a bit of it. And for, for someone who's kind of sort of always, like never really been deep into the, the LGBT plus community, but has sort of like moved in similar circles, known a lot of people who are who are into it a lot more. It's I don't know. There there seems to be this this kind of uh, contradiction where it's it's both very very welcoming, very safe, very protective, but at the same time kind of cliquey, if I can say
1: that. Very valid point. Mm. Very, very like, valid yeah. point.
0: I mean, how would yeah? I mean, how do you, yeah? It, it, how would you expand on that if you
1: could? Like, if you go on Grindr, it's um, <clears throat> for anyone who doesn't know, listening, Grindr is like um the gay Tinder, and on there you can explicitly um just meet up for sex really easily, and it's it helps you meet um a body type and a mental type what what you what you both into mentally, what you both look like. And um, just as as div- divisive as one can be in selecting someone, mm. and someone will be like, no femmes, no Asians, no no this, no that, and it's just kind of it always it never sits well with me because when I read it, I think this is wrong, mm. this isn't right, um, like.
0: Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. It's something it's something I've kind of always had with with dating apps in general. It seems very odd to sort of like because when I like when I think of of like, you know, romantic partners or sexual partners, um, I always think like, you know, what what makes it. Interesting is is kind of the surprises of that person. If you can just sit down and kind of like, who are um, they?
1: Who who are they? And what do they contribute to the world? What do they contribute to my life? Are they interesting? Do they make me laugh? Do they raise me from the bottom? I don't give a, a oh, I can swear, can I? Yes, you can. I don't give a shit what they look like. I don't give a shit what colour their hair is. I don't give a shit what colour their skin is. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter because if you look at someone, go, right, no, because that's off. You are going to lock yourself out from so many potential happinesses. Mr. Right mm-hmm. is around the corner. He is not in the distant future.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely, and I think, yeah, you know, like you say, like, you know, Mr. Right doesn't always look how you picture him in your head.
1: No, like... and there's so many different potential matches for people. People just think there's this idea of one person out there waiting for them in the cold and the dark until you mm. arrive and raise their life, but it's not. It's just, like, finding how to live with someone who you find, who you like, a friend who you find sexy.
0: Yeah yeah for sure so yeah so i mean well we've kind of we kind of riffed on the on the community a little bit there but um so you're so you go to manchester you're hanging out on canal street you're sort of getting into the scene yeah prior Um, to
1: canal street though i've been i've been working a day job as a waiter load of drama goes on there bombshells kaboom i make moral choices because i'm compelled to it leads mm -hmm. to breaking a friendship massive thing um still wish i would have handled it differently to this day so mm. i start doing dragus elta driven not only by this desire that's built but by a desire to when i get knocked down i want to get up big and so mm. this all went down and i was going into a bad mental place um yeah. which is somewhat I want to touch on later um rather big th- event happened that kind of um change my mind about the world but this all goes down and I want to get up bigger and better so I say right I have this skill I'm going to do drag I'm going to empower all the confidence of these queens and all these people I look up to all these artists I'm going to live my full I'm going to live my truth I'm going to go and do it and they're all going to be like meh and I'm going to kill it so Mm. I got to Manchester getting the scene I go to work in a club in and I go under the impression i'm there for an audition to join a summer entertainments team which is says to me performing um so i go i do them a number um i give it a lot do him a split do them a one two i love a bit of kesha it's a safe bet Um, they seem lovely i get on the bus and i go home and i'm like oh i'm a drag queen and i'm gonna get paid for my art because we all know what that feels like getting some money for doing our our shit
0: yeah in it
1: yeah Mm. Um, do you want to interject, or so, do you want me to carry on?
0: Um, well, yeah, I'm happy to let you carry on, to be honest. So you're you're performing at Bar Pop now. Like, what's what's that like? How does that go?
1: Oh, you said Oh, did I say the name? or did you say the name? Oh,
0: I thought I thought you said the name, and Ooh. then I, I picked up on it because I used to I used to frequent Bar Pop a bit.
1: Uh, oh, did you ever see? Did you ever see me there? My short stint.
0: I. Uh, I'm trying to think. I may have done. I I don't know if I'd remember. To be honest, I mean, we're going back at least at least three years now, if not four. Oh for no, me, if like... not
1: three years. Oh no, it won't say it, it won't be done then. No, ah, no, yeah, but won't. that was where it was. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you caught me off guard. Now this is like hard reporting. Um, <laughs> what was I say? What was I saying? take me back you harsh man so, okay <laughs> <laughs> i promise i'm not trying to be harsh <laughs> okay
0: so you're you're taking your first professional gigs as a drag queen yes, you're I love to get the
1: audition, it. do it they love it i um, i get the gig i go home full of it and then i go back and they, they want me to do door which is basically like in do you know in town when they hand out flyers until oh yeah, down yeah. the club. Um, I've basically done hospitality for f- three years at this point, and after three years of it, I'm sick of it. I love people. I love the people I work with. I love the times. I wouldn't have changed it for the world because it teaches you a work ethic. But mm. fed up with it. Can't do it anymore. Uh, There's only like so many times you can get shouted at because someone's panini isn't the you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I totally get where you're coming from on that.
1: I could do it again and I'm not above it, but oh, yeah. I don't want to do that right now. I want to work harder and challenge myself as something that's really fulfilling. So I'm doing drag and I'm not going to hand out these flyers. Mm. But I say to myself, right, you have to show work wherever you go. You have to show willing. You have to show you have to earn your keep and do the grind. So I was like, right, we're going to do it. Yeah. Um. So I work the door. And um i'm very i'm a very by the rules person we We all have to follow the rules um mm. but when in any situation any organization there are rules there that are can be well, like we say, uh, everywhere before COVID, if we told everyone, say, please wash your hands, everybody washes your hands before you leave the toilet. Not everyone is washing their hands. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Post-COVID, pre-COVID, obviously, because now everybody's having a yeah. shower after oh, every yeah. little tinkle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I
0: know what you mean. There are, there are rules in there that, you know... Are among
1: thieves in breaking them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get mm-hmm. what you say.
1: And even the boss of the company will do it. And that's not in, about anyone in particular.
0: Yeah, yeah, of
1: course. But then, so I go do the door. We have to stand outside. We have to stay there. Whatever we're wearing, we have to stay out there. If it rains, get an umbrella. You have to draw people in. You have to do your best. So I got that, and I take it as like an improv challenge. So I got there and I improv, and I, I learn how to do it. I'm like, oh, this is a skill. Pulling people into a club. So I'm going to make the best of this. I do it and I have fun. Um I make people laugh. The queens all seem lovely. It's great. I meet this this queen who I noticed stay called Oxymoron. She's fabulous. She is um a vile, vile cunt she's actually she's she's disgusting actually i don't i don't know why i was a bit delirious a few seconds ago and said she was anything other than spectacularly awful
0: this this sounds like a slightly complicated friendship i'll be honest it is
1: it is she's just jealous of me but i never bring it up because i know if i do that she'll really let rip and just she's very good with her tongue she's very verbally talented
0: Alright, Well, let's hope she doesn't listen to this then.
1: <laughs> I'm going to send it her, uh, and I'm going to oh. say, "Read, uh, listen to this. I just called you a bitch. You're a bitch, Oxe
0: <laughs> Am I going to get a call the next day wanting her to come on? Yes. Yeah, I'll
1: uh, say, "Are you <laughs> fucking bastard? You talking about me?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So
0: yeah. So so you work in the door. Um,
1: hmm mm-hmm. working, yeah. working the door and I'm 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 working the door for quite a while. Okay. and i'm like when I'm like, do i perform and mm. i went to one rehearsal and this is where it went a bit west and i'm a professional and mm. i'm never going to talk bad about any other performer um but what it was i think it was a miscommunication between i think it might have been a bit of my asperger's might have been a miscommunication mm. of two different people coming from two different places i sat mm. there and in the uh point in your leg you'll know because, for just from charlie She's a dancer, and pointing your leg is such a base comment to make between two people in a dance studio, because it creates a line on your leg, and it, it, it it's, it's all about shapes in dance, and you, yeah. how you are transitioning between them, and it's the technique is in doing it correctly. And point your feet is the bass one. So I went into rehearsal and I I watched them and I was I'm blown away. They were so good. I was I was sat there, doughy eyed. I I always do really dramatic faces so people know exactly what I'm thinking. Because the communication <laughs> disability, you know. So I'm smiling and I'm like, this is great, this is amazing. And I'm smiling anyway, because it's great, and I'm entertained by good performers. Yeah. And then I say, point your feet in a funny in a funny voice. Because I've been watching dance moms, which is atrocious. Um and it was a wrap honey i was i think from there i was disliked i think from there um it was the opening Uh, to um sell me off honey um not from like a corrupt management statement i think there were some personalities in the room who did not appreciate that comment and um it came up in a later (laughs) escalated situation in a house party oh god i know i was i was in a really bad place at this time i was like i had lost all my friends it was a big dramatic thing back home and then i was like i just want to go here meet some nice people to my partner who i'd met in manchester and i was like i want to meet some nice people they want to have a good time i want to have a good time (laughs) already drunk and Mm. no one wants to be friends with someone who's already drunk at the start of the party
0: yeah it's never it's never a good way to start is it <laughs>
1: nah especially when you get paranoid so I go in paranoid I, I start a fight i i get too passionate and I don't even know what I'm arguing about half the time i'm stood there and um there's a moment where I like realize i'm fighting I'm fighting with people in a city that i'm I don't live in <gasps> oh no if I piss them off I'm fucked shit i i I didn't stop I didn't stop i carried on and i i, I hold my ground I think it was something to do with i said if you have a problem, if you have an issue on a professional basis, you should come and talk and resolve the issue. Don't let it be a high school little drama. You should come mm. and talk. If there's it's because it's likely a misunderstanding, because we're grown folk. We're grown people. Yeah. And I don't like it. I don't like the backstabbing of the bitch. And it, it, it there's something it does to me when I know people aren't communicating the full story to your face
0: it's just so annoying it is. isn't it it's when you as soon as soon as the penny drops and you sort of go oh okay we're we're back in high school gossipy mean girls territory it's just like for for me anyway like as soon as i kind of hit that point in any situation i'm just like right i'm out i'm out I'm, yeah i want nothing to do with this
1: Right? it it provokes such a strong reaction in me and hmm. most of the time i do what you do it's like i'm out i'm not interested in this situation anymore but when I was emotional um dealing with some addiction problems um mm. dealing with i'm not i've always had a bit of a, a rough head mentally and there's something mm. that made everything a bit unstable when was, in 2017 um and i just i just shouted at this girl who was this drag queen who was being who was just sort of like snobbing me because they were all as i was working there being a bit snobby At least that was my impression. And if any of them are listening and that was not the impression, I wholly apologize. And I am a duck egg for getting it wrong. (laughs) However, that is what my little sad brain was saying at the moment. It's like everyone hates you. And it's not just the people working there. It's like everyone around you. Mm -hmm. And particularly when it's strangers, you're going to assume when you literally know nothing about them and you're assuming the worst in them, you're just setting yourself up for um, a big... not a nice, you know. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just not a good headspace.
0: Uh, yeah, I totally get what you mean. When you, yeah, when you're with a when you're with a new group of people, there is always a bit of that sort of like figuring out how each other communicates, isn't there? Do they I hate think, me? Do they know.
1: hate me? Are they annoyed by me? <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's yeah, it's it's always hard in that that kind of situation to you know, to try and sort of give people the benefit of the doubt and try and. You know, and also just keep yourself sane, you know. Keep yourself uh you know, comfort keep that confidence in yourself despite being surrounded by.
1: Yeah, it's a battle. That is the way you have to try and regulate yourself. And in the more the more turbulent the situation, the harder it is to regulate yourself. And the more that's going on inside you, it's like emotional sunburn. It's heat on heat on heat on heat on heat. And it all just came out in this petty situation. And I left I went back from there and me, I am a stubborn bitch, Milo. Okay. Very stubborn bitch. And I said, the best thing to do is you go back and you carry on. Even after I've right. been how did that go? All of the staff, all of them are angry in the morning, uh, or so I'm told. And I'm like, oh my God, I've done this two times in a few months. I am just the most socially inept, destructive um amateur arsonist with a fixation on bridges to have ever been born in Burnley with a wig on, you know. And I'm just it, it just it just didn't get any better for a while. Um uh, i, <laughs> I, I You gotta
0: start I, using amateur arsonist with a fixation on bridges now. That's
1: yeah that's a that's one. that's
0: a new one for me and I like it.
1: <laughs> that's Willem Belli. It's in his book um ah. It'll Might Get Better. That's what it's called.
0: It'll Might Get Better. (laughs) It'll Might Get Better.
1: Cool. Yeah, so this is got it's going south fast and i've not got a lot yeah. left in me at this point because i've dealt with um the thing that happened in 2017 was the manchester bombing i was present there with my friend jess McGlinchey, and um it was um we didn't know what it, what had happened even being there and running away because we didn't mm-hmm. see anything and we only realized something had happened is when we walked down a long road got to mcdonald's and there was this young girl sat next to her mother and there was tooth there was a tooth and um some like guts in her hair and it was quite um harrowing and it's set in all at once um and i thought to myself at the time i'm not going to know what this is doing to me right now and this is going to do some it um because people talk because you hear all the time how people go through traumatic events and how people um see things and experience things and they changed and it's in telly all the time it's in documentaries and it's all over so but um, well, so,
0: you know, every experience has an effect on you, doesn't it? Yeah. And you know, something that's that's traumatic, that's unexpected, that's you know, really, you know, something like the Manchester bombing or, uh, or anything like that. Yeah, of course, it's gonna it's gonna impact you. It's gonna really change
1: you. <coughs> Excuse me. No problem. <coughs> I'm sorry if that's triggering anyone. <laughs> um, provided the ear in. Let me just take a drink. Hi. Hmm. Mm. Mm. mm.
0: Well now we're doing an AS- an ASMR podcast.
1: Oh, shall we? Shall we? <laughs> do you have anything looking can crackle? How long do we have by the way?
0: Um so I tend to go for about an hour. We've been doing 40 minutes already.
1: Oh no. See this is the thing I like talking. Um yeah,
0: That's that's fun. You know, I'm not, you know, hard and fast rule on an hour, but yeah, we'll we'll yeah,
1: we'll, we say, we'll, we'll what's the max? We'll go to just so I know how to plan what I'm saying to not.
0: Um, let's say let's say we'll stop at an hour and a half if we if that's we haven't reached the finish already.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's where where where. Um, so now, 17... I'm so I'm so docile about it. Where where where?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's quite all right. That's my job so far Stalking as I'm concerned. for it, Anna. Yeah, I'm like you know, you're you're the you're the train, you're the locomotive. I'm just here to keep you on track. Ooh, I like... Promise
1: the tank engine, I do.
0: Oh, aye. I do.
1: <laughs> I've got I can name my favourite episodes. I make my friends watch it when I get them round for a gin. Well, when we could get our friends round for a gin.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> that sounds like a great gin watching show though. <laughs> yeah,
1: Rusty and the Boulder. That's a good one.
0: Okay, mm. I'll have to check that one out. Um, so yeah, sorry, we're we're in 2017. Um the the Manchester Arena bomb has just happened. Uh-huh. You've,
1: you've witnessed you wanna... Sorry. I, I think it's better do you want to know anything about this is the best way to go about this.
0: Well, I'm trying to get an impression of uh you can of, ask anything of your... you
1: want. And as I'll I'll be as raw as you want, ask anything you want. But I find it's better to be probed on it.
0: Yeah, okay. Well um <sighs> Oof. I mean, I don't want to get deep into sort of you know how it's affected you as a person. I think that's your business. But what I'm what I'm curious about is how you know has this kind did that experience kind of change um, you know your your art your performance? Did it change the characters at all? Because I think that and you know I think that'll give us an insight into how it's affected you as well.
1: Well, yeah, that's why that's why it comes into the situation with drag because. <clears throat> Um, in, in musical theatre, I got this anxiety about my, myself being a performer. I always think I'm doing everything wrong. I always think people are looking at because I'm doing everything wrong. Um, I thought I was dancing wrong. I thought I was behind everyone. So it it, it was hard to like get the incentive to rehearse because I was like, well, even if I rehearse, I'm going to be really bad. But somehow, I even when I'm not trying, I have this idiot savant ability to, try, to pull through. And mm. I know when I'm not doing my best, but even when I'm not doing my best, I can usually get by which is not not the best thing because it encourages me to be lazy sometimes. but um,
0: It's a good survival trait, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, it, t- it lets me lie back on laurels a bit and mm. I think support from my parents kind of backs me up mm. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bring me back. Where did this start? Where does this relate?
0: So how <laughs> how how did the incident in 2017 affect your your artwork, your performance?
1: So it's like um, my even though you don't want to ask if it changed me, it, it's it's hard not to say that. Because no,
0: yeah, I mean answer answer <laughs> that however you want. Like. Yeah,
1: it just you. It was when I saw the girl and. that's when reality set in and it was real and i think up until that point there was this nice carpet of um danger exists in fairy tales and books and there's almost this romanticized approach to like bombs and and in modern society with gaming especially Yeah, violent. we're very
0: de- we're desensitized to it all. I think, aren't we? Yeah, you know?
1: and we do we're not scared by it because it's mm. all just a thing on the computer, and it's not a reality for us in this part of the world. Mm. Um. So when it was real, I stopped caring about a lot of things. I stopped when it when it was. <clears throat> There's this whole thing where we had the wrong tickets as well. So we were meant to be on the side, the exit where the bomb was going off. But I, being a genius, had sat us down in the wrong place. And this girl next to us said, get out of my seat. And I said, I'm not in your seat. And my friend said, oh, we're not in her seat. And I was like, I know. And then she got drunk halfway through the concert, threw up and had to be escorted out. And we were like... (laughs) And I checked the ticket and I was like, <laughs> we were in her seat. Mm. So we were in her seat all along, even though we were like confident ah, 100%. No yeah. <laughs> and we were meant to be on the opposite end, <clears throat> right round the ring near the door. So we weren't meant to be there. And then that set in, I was like, okay, we're meant to be near to the, where this happened, where people saw worse. And mm. a young lady named Ellie May, who's a good friend of mine, um, well she's a good friend of mine. She's a lovely young girl. She's her mother and her sister are two good friends of mine and top top blowers. Laura Rogers and Emily Rogers, shout out to the Burnley girls. Er, er. <laughs> and um so it was like, shit. Why did I give a shit about what happened on Monday in the kitchen? Why did I give us mm. so much a shit? Why did I care about not getting something right? Why didn't I I... it was cleansing in some ways. It's good and
0: really puts everything in perspective doesn't it something like that
1: yeah it's like stop caring about other people so much stop looking at clothes and going can i wear this because all i'm really thinking about is will people say will people receive this well Hmm. because as much as we dress for ourselves in day to day we have a habit of dressing for other people yeah so we want to fit in we're pack animals um. So <clears throat> that went out the window, and then I was like, "Right, I can do drag now. I don't care. I really don't care what anyone else has to say about me anymore."
0: Okay, I see. So yeah. So so it kind of it gave you enough sort of perspective and sort of take on reality to sort of make you to 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 sort of get you past your own inhibitions. Is that kind of what you what you're saying?
1: <clears throat> well, you know, when I said I'm like I bounce back, I like to bounce back when I fall down. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was like power it was so much and it was like anger it was like f- power uh, passion a very unstable s- my, s- s- state of mind but i was so focused i'm like i do not care what anyone thinks about me anymore anyone can say anything they want anyone can they can think what they want about me they can do what they want i know me i want to do this i'm going to do this i don't care what anyone says anyone anyone i don't like i on i don't want really to interact with on social media day to day i don't do it I don't interact with people who I know I'm going to upset me. I live my life how I want to. It's a tiny bit lonely sometimes, but I am happy and I'm in control. So it was all at once, all that. It was like, but the people I was friends with and the circles I moved in weren't thinking like this. They were, it's frivolous and fun and everything's, like the drama in the kitchen is the biggest thing going on and that's fine and when you're in that Mm -hmm. mindset it's cool and you day to day it's what gets you through isn't it yeah you want to know what's going on in the office and it's harmless sometimes but i didn't care anymore yeah so yeah i
0: get i get what you mean there is there is a point where you you know you kind of (laughs) you thrive on the the kind of social situations and the gossip and the drama and then there is also a a point that we reach i think where it's sort of like yeah nice it's it's time to sort of do our own thing can you do
1: anything else can you do anything else can we talk Mm. about something else because i was coming i was i was coming into work um because for about a year i was when i was struggling with some addiction issues i was trying to solve life's big questions to solve my problem (laughs) what's wrong with me i know i'll answer where did humans come from why are we here?
0: Mine, uh, <gasps> yes.
1: that's genius, Alexander. You've got it, and every fibre of me was like, "Let's do it." Hmm. So, so
0: you're going through your philosopher stage?
1: Oh yes, locked <laughs> in, in my room. It's a wizard's room. It's I paint the wall. So it's like a white box room. It's that was <laughs> a garage, and my mum and dad, for God love them, they let me paint murals in every corner. <clears <clears <throat> Oh. wild, colourful, all over the place. Lisa Frank, crazy, uh, bold colours. And, like, it was all magic runes. And I was in, like, a really depressed stage and I wanted to make the room around me, like, this magic safe stronghold. Like, this rune is here, so I can't feel like this. This is here to protect me from this. And it, I, I, I think it was going back to that childhood coping mechanism of, like, <clears throat> the, my, I'm a magic creature and... Uh they don't understand me because I'm like this, but this is how I'm de- doing it as an adult, which is painting these runes out down. And see and going back to that mind frame, seeing how I'm still that person was just so yeah. yeah I live a curious life.
0: <laughs> well, don't we all? And hey, that's you know, that's why I get people on here because they lead curious lives.
1: <laughs> anyway, so where were we? Let's keep the on the so- go.
0: Okay, so um, uh, you've uh, you, you've kind of like thrown caution to the wind. You're really going for the drag, the drag scene. Yeah, um, doing after anything. I'm, I'm
1: saying what I want as well. I'm talking yeah. um, probably a lot of shit. My mouth is going all the time in like protest to the world around me. Like I'm gonna say whatever I want, and I'm gonna be really straightforward. And it was so liberating. Yeah, I'll bet it was <laughs> crazy. So did that, and then. <clears throat> um but where were we in the drag story are we are we in manchester or have we just left
0: yeah so we're 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 in manchester there's been um all the all the stuff has kicked off at um at your last venue oh
1: yeah so oh, i've God. fucked up everything there <laughs>
0: we'll uh, lay yeah. that
1: down for the record i've fucked up everything there and then i've gone home and i'm like are we quitting drag are we stopping no, we've spent all my savings, we're carrying on. <laughs> I'm going to sell this house if it kills me. <laughs>
0: You've invested a small fortune into a wardrobe by this point, I guess. Oh, and... not
1: a small fortune. Oh. I have actually gone into my savings that I've put in with Whitbread, taken out £1,000 worth of saving, which took me five months to accumulate. Then I've then I've got £1,000 off my mum and dad, who generously gave it me to me because they believed in me. Mm. which was just sweet but now i was like why did you give this actual idiot (laughs) all that money i didn't even know what i was doing in drag back then and they gave me a thousand pounds and i was just like mother um Mm. two of the best people in my life if not the two best people in my life
0: yeah for sure um so yeah so you're throwing caution to the wind you've got all your gear um you're ready to go yeah
1: carrying um, on we're, we're being relentless we're rebellious at this point I'm in Burnley <laughs> so I start looking at old contacts um that I've met through doing shows and going to events and meeting people knowing people everything I've got basically mm-hmm. and I'm learning about reality tv how it works behind the Um, the curtain. But I've been doing that since I was, since I discovered Drag Race in two thousand fifteen. So I'm, as I've set my actual goal is now to get on Drag Race. This is when I've decided to myself, but prematurely at this point, because at this point I was an absolute rat and I did not know what I was doing. Mm. I had no idea, and I had no business walking around saying I'm going to apply for RuPaul's Drag Race because I was not ready. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's, you know, I think we all we all go through that at some point, don't we? It's that, you... that point where, you know, just enough to get, to you know, get Billy Big Bollocks coming out, isn't it? Like, Yeah,
1: I think it's also, we have a dream and mm. the dream stays the same, but the likelihood of it coming true changes. So when we look on it, when we had the dream, when all we had were like uh, paper lashes... And um, <clears throat> make up off eBay, it weren't right. that real. It wasn't that realistic, was it, babe? No, it wasn't that much of a uh, thing now. But now, um, I wouldn't say I'm ever going to be ready because I think something like that's really wild. But I'm just working as hard as I can, and I'm going to try my hardest. It's my career end game, so. Yeah, and, and that's I, all
0: you can do. And I think it's I think it's really good that you've got that kind of like clear clear target to aim for. I think that's something that a lot of people kind of struggle with, you know. Like
1: who want given to be us. A, hmm? It's what RuPaul's given us. He's given um queer mm. people and people who are until much very recently in history were outcasts and people mm. of the night, night literally i've met so many fantastic this people yeah people this year doing dragon doing my craft in burnley and even though it's been a really terrible 2020 i wouldn't change it for the world because the people who exist right beneath our nose is the talent the personality the people the kindness it's it gives me hope it renews me hmm
0: Wow, that's yeah. That's a really nice sentiment, actually. So, so you get to Burnley then, and you're going through old contacts. Yeah. My... Are we?
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, this is a bit I've written down. So we have to talk about someone. Um. So I get back to Burnley, and I have this. This. I know, right? I know this bird. This. Bye. This. Um. I don't want to say sweaty. I want to say. Um, <sighs> is rancid mean?
0: Um, I've never heard rancid used in a kind way
1: Okay, um I'm gonna struggle Um It's just, uh, just uh, We're gonna say, um, dill Dill
0: Okay, we'll go yeah. with dill
1: The bluntest beak of the bird Um, right. this dill named Jessica McGlinchey And she is awful She is, she's just She's just intolerable, actually I don't like okay. her at all. She is a um, narcissist. She is a complete and <laughs> no, she's actually my best friend um, in the entire world. And I love her so much. And she also happens to be one of the most talented people in the world. Um, vocalist, stage presence, musical theater, performer, actress, she can do it all. Um mm. And she is the one, and we've known each other since we were in theatre school, young. And she was the one who was at the concert with me, um, mm. in two thousand and seventeen. And that's brought that brought us closer. But it's always been a bit of a uh, a looming cloud. Sometimes we're never going to be not friends, but it's just like what happened to us sometimes. What the yeah. happened? what happened to our lives? <laughs> You just, i had an identity crisis i thought i was someone else because all my friends i was i was bored of them i didn't they weren't saying things that she was i never got bored of jess i never disconnected with her but large amount of people in my life i was like i can't be bothered i've got no energy i've got nothing right now ah. um so she gets so, the gig I've I've not forgot, I've not forgot, I know where I am. Oh, right,
0: okay. Which which gig is this, though? You forgot to tell us that.
1: This is called The Platform 219K, and Jess was hosting it at the Burnley Mechanics, and it was a lineup of uh, local artists and bands, some really good guys, Phil Evans, um, Jesus Christ. There's so many bands all the time, and my head, I am such a ditz, I forget the names, I know know bands, and if I've seen them twice, they're in my head, and I've met them, they're in my head but yeah. I cannot remember the name and they're going to murder me. And I'm all right with that. Um, so um, I, I get there at the last minute because um, sound check takes me some time and then rushing at the door as I'm supposed to go in as any drag queen is infamous for. Do Land of Lola, do some numbers. And she gives me like some visibility in the town. Just doing some numbers is so great for an artist. Anyone will, when they're starting, jump for an opportunity like that. So having Mm. that friend there to just give me this lifeline after everything's gone a bit pear-shaped was, uh, it was, it was inspiring. It kept me going. It pushed me forward. It was like, look, you've got people on your side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's such an important part of of being an artist, of of doing a kind of freelance work really, is having those having those friends. You never know where the next opportunity is gonna come from, is it? Like, no,
1: that's the core of networking. See, people don't understand how networking works sometimes. And I can get a bit passionate about this. I am a bit bad about this as well sometimes, because <laughs> I don't see me as having any sort of visibility sometimes. And that's down to my head and that's down to me being new on the scene for, well, I've been around a year and a half doing me, so. Um, but I never think me posting something is going to show it off. So I sometimes yeah. forget to credit people and I sometimes forget to, um, do, I'm better at it now and I've worked on it because I've noticed people haven't taken to it currently. And that's my fault for not res- respecting what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But it's because I don't see me as any sort of platform. If I were yeah. if I was assured and I had a big following, I'd be splattering it everywhere because I'd be like, "I'm helping my friend by doing this."
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get what you mean, and it's a it is a a shift, isn't it? For when you when you go from using social media as like you know a personal thing to you know to to using it for for networking, for self promotion, for putting yourself out there, that kind of thing. Suddenly, all this stuff about you know.
1: Yeah, Um, I'm on Facebook as Elta. I'm not on Facebook as Alex Pemberton. mm -hmm. If someone's on my Facebook and being associated with them is not going to be good for my business, I'm going to make the totally kind of cold decision but to just take you off that platform. But it's not personal. It's because that's my professional business platform. Yeah, of course. I have to moderate who sees that, what content is being associated with me, and it's its whole thing. So, yeah, but some people can take that seriously.
0: Yeah, well, it's yeah. I mean, I mean, it's you know, it it kind of knocks you for six when you first get into it, and suddenly, you know, you've gone through because we're all we're all used to putting a picture up on Facebook or Instagram or whatever just for. I our... keep
1: thinking, why is it not as easy as it was when we were little? Do you know when we were starting yeah. social media? Our generation. I think we're how old are you? Uh, I'm 23. Oh yeah, so we're the same age. It's our generation yeah. that's like had it. Half and half. Ten years of mm. no, te- no level of this sort of technology, and no. sort of two thousand and ten, two thousand and twenty, it's just been massive difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, yeah. We're an interesting generation because we've 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 seen that transition, haven't we? Yeah, like... it feels
1: unfamiliar now. It feels like the mm. internet is changing over to a different generation, or it's just mo- I don't understand it as well as I did, which is being a child of the internet very alarming
0: (laughs) nah same to be honest but to well to be perfectly honest i've never felt like i understood it but um but yeah so you get this gig at the mechanics anyway um how does that go
1: um it's it's mixed because it's obviously one of the first things i've done where i'm myself Mm. um i try and i do this i tell this weird lie i say um, I'm classically trained I'm trying to be satire but it's very obscure I'm not classically trained I did musical theater mm. and something people would say about is like it's it's a very prestigious thing and I'm not taking away anything from the art of being classically trained because it takes more talent that I've got in my entire body to do that sort of thing
0: yeah, I remember a couple of singers that I used to know and I can just picture them simmering with rage right now.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is why I'm bowing down and saying you have a talent I cannot touch. So, I'm mm-hmm. not I am not confused about where <laughs> we stand, guys. Yeah. Um and I was doing a musical theatre song and I said, I'm classically trained. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I said, I didn't even say like a joke watching it back. So I'm like, shit, I just look like a weird liar because I go on to sing poorly, and <laughs> the nerves take over and I lose the ability to sing. It's, uh, it's a tightrope sometimes. So I, mm. I, but I do, I put out a good show. My lip syncing can't be touched if I'm on my game. That's yeah. where I'd say my strength lies and my dancing and um, that goes good. And then from there, what happens naturally with networking is you, everyone you interact with is nice with you. You have a good time, you make friends and you your name goes down somewhere and then somebody else contacts you, don't they? And it's a chain hmm. reaction. And then it's based on every individual interaction I find and every individual experience. Yeah. Do people like you? Were you easy to work with? Were you entertaining all of that. So that's where networking is a job because you have to consider all these things. Yeah. It's social and professional hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get-
0: um okay, so we are we are just going past the hour mark now. So okay. um if get, you don't I'll mind,
1: I'll yes,
0: please. <laughs>
1: okay, so in Burnley we're doing the gig. Uh, I'm selling it, I'm doing radio, I'm doing um I'm doing this competition called Queen of the North, which got cancelled because of COVID. Blah. Um, yeah. but i did get to do the last christmas light switch on in burnley um my friend oh. jess again hooked me up through the lovely Rainer pepper she's a babe and a diva hmm. she's the diva of burnley uh, if i was in a room with pepper she's winning and that went down very well I, that was a time when i was like you've got to sell the house you've got to sell this to your town you're a drag queen and you don't and they don't know what it is they're not going to you don't know what they're gonna say, but just go out and do it. They're your town, you love them, but Jesus Christ, they get scared easy. Um, um I went out, did it, and it was a really positive reaction. I was, I'm happy to say, hmm. and it blew my expectation. I was like, "You silly, why did you worry?" Um, I think it's because my sister was in the audience heckling every single person who was so much as grimaced.
0: <laughs> and she's like, it's always right. good to have a bit of backup in the audience, isn't it?
1: she's a prison officer; I'm she'd obsessed. whoop anyone. <laughs>
0: Oh, Alpha.
1: <laughs> um well she's more now. She's a teacher of new prison officers. She's doing good. Mm. Um so then that is where the fair Natalie meets me. Um and I will say from the start, Natalie George and Kane Bramley are two brilliant, brilliant people. Kane Bramley owns the Creative Art Arts Gallery, um, Tattoo Studio, which is on the front of what was once Guys and Dolls in Burnley
0: oh okay it's an okay.
1: iconic gay scene and it was important to us as so many important movements in the us like um this Stonewall and there's the brooklyn ballroom scene and for us in burnley there was so there's a lot that went down there and i can't cover it all right now because we haven't got time mm. um and there's just too much right now but we're, we're we're working on loads of projects to teach people about it in the coming year covid provided Okay so um we Natalie has restored the bar and it's now a go again and she wants it to be a hub for artists and she invites me to come and perform her this a, a performance that she's lined up called the platform project oddly enough mm. which is the same name okay. uh, as the other one ah but she didn't right. it, it was already down it was already planned so coincidence
0: <laughs> hey
1: Right, and so, um, yeah, so say, yeah,
0: right, I see, so, um, yeah, so what, well, yeah, tell, can you just to just to sort of wrap us up, tell us, um, you know, a little bit more about the gallery, kind of what's you know what what, what's the, plan for the next oh, year, you, yeah. is, there, is there any way people can get involved, is what I'm getting at, is there any yeah, you know, social media if nothing you know if there aren't any live options that that people can sort of look into
1: um so we're on facebook and we're on instagram facebook we do live broadcasts um we've been a bit of we've been a bit stuck at the moment because we don't know what's happening day to day do any of us nope nope. nope we don't know um yeah. so we have to play ear by ear and we we put out a lot of content as i say we're on a bit of a hiatus as everybody is but when it hmm. when we're back up and running you will be able to find everything there events um what's going on with those posts artists highlights but the main thing i want to say about the gallery is it is this hub for artists it is it is what every young artist needs we mm. can all have a craft and we can all want to do some of it. but having somewhere to show it to get an audience reaction and to practice is so difficult it is impossible to find somewhere that will let you just do whatever you want yeah. um with no questions asked and there's going to be no like Ooh. um and natalie has provided that key need to young performers in burnley because you can if you have an act and you've put work into it and it's entertaining and you can come do it you can come down to the gallery and we'll do your event it's mm. I, I, I think the situation with money is to the artist's benefit i think we just let them Charge a ticket on the door and keep what they get, and then we take a, a deposit if they make any, but not a deposit if they make any. Um, but I the, I'm the worst person to be telling you about this right now. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's
0: yeah, it is really cool. It sounds like that you know you're all doing really, really good work there, and uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Spaces like that are
1: imperative, just so, so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she she took to me and I took to her and her and her partner, I'd say they're the people I some of the people I miss most in this lockdown period. Um, obviously the gallery isn't open at the moment. We're not in a work bubble. Hmm. Um so I can't see them. Um and I miss them. I miss them so much because they've just brightened my year up. We've had all that crap going on before we've got to this point. And then I meet these two fabulous people and they just light up my life. Um hmm. And I, I'm, I'm like, I'm in it with you. I'll work. I'll show up. I'll show up when you want. Don't give me money. She gives me money. I say, don't give me money. I don't want any money. <laughs> um, I get in the wig. I get to the gig. We we do the function, whatever it is, if I'm performing or not. Uh, she gives me somewhere to perform. She she makes me feel like an artist. She treats me like I'm, uh, like I'm a talent. She listens to me. She takes my input. So having this sort of thing as a drag queen, especially a home bar and a partner who in business who is just uh, the best I could ask for I feel like I've been rewarded for like carrying on to this point and we encourage anyone who is feeling a bit like they don't know where to take their stuff they don't know where they can do their stuff do you know what I mean they don't know where they can do mm. their thing um, this is a place to do it this is a place to further it because there's classes at the gallery there's arty there's arty nights there's events there is we're doing a um what is it a scribble and a pint and scribble um oh, i'm probably murdering that again but it's a social hub and it's it's um yes. a family akin to a house in the Brooklyn scene. It's a family and yeah. if you want in, if you want a place at the table, you come in, you get a drink, you are friends, family, have a chat, safe place.
0: Well, that sounds fantastic, and it's it's really good to know that there are places like that still, you know, still making it work, still fighting at the good noon, fight with so it.
1: tell everyone about it
0: we will indeed yeah um okay well i think it's about time we wrapped up um unless there's anything you'd like to leave us with any last thoughts
1: um well do we are we shamelessly plugging anything
0: oh shamelessly plug away
1: shamelessly plugging right um i'm going to be doing some more posts coming up because i've entered into my third generation i've moved into my new house my studio set up Mm -hmm. and i'm coming into a new stage in myself as an artist so look out on my page um Mm -hmm. check out the gallery leave us a like followers and you can see what's going on with me and all the family over there and oh just want to say to everyone Uh, just find that bit of yourself that keeps you going right now Mm. and uh, keep your head up, guys. Good advice. Elta loves you. Elta loves you.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that's going to help a lot of people keep going. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. All right. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um Thank you. I look forward to seeing uh to seeing how the makeup's gone as well.
1: Oh yeah, possibly some sweet videos too. Oh, YouTube. Yeah, I'm gonna do some YouTube. Look at my YouTube.
0: <laughs> it's Go threat, for it. Yeah. Put, put links to all of this stuff in the description and uh and yeah, make sure people can find it.
1: Thank you. I'm sorry for oh, getting right. passionate there. <laughs>
0: hey, no problem at all. We like passionate here. <laughs> all right well thanks so much have a great evening thank
1: you very much you have a great one stay safe bye all right bye bye children everywhere
0: thanks for listening to this episode of the art show by teapot cast with your host milo hg waters don't forget to check the description for links and as always take care and take it
1: easy